Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking you up to 2 p.m. We are joined by our guy, Sean Cunningham, sports reporter for Fox 40 KTXL. Sean, how are you doing? Thanks for joining us, man. I'm doing great, fellas. How about yourselves? You know, it's been quite the show. This is what happens. This is why the Kings have to win every game, because when they don't win every game, specifically (laughs) when they are down at one point by 41 points, Things can get a little testy, but we are powering through as we get ready for the holiday. What were your initial thoughts on what happened with the Kings last night? Should we just burn the tape, or is there some smoke to the fire? No, I mean, I wouldn't burn the tape. I think there's always, as you say, smoke to the fire. Um, I'd also say, welcome to Sacramento. <laughs> I try to tell him, Sean. A, I try to tell him. That, uh, you, you will see it throughout year after year after year. I mean, the highs of highs, lows of lows. And yeah, uh, going for a seventh straight win last night uh, where all of a sudden you just look like this unbeatable team. You've got MVP discussions rolling around with De'Aaron Fox and Demona Sabonis looks unstoppable again. And then you run into a clunker like that. That's what, that's one of those games that, I mean, I don't know how you guys look at it. I always look at it and go, ah, it's a schedule loss. Um, you got about three games in five nights. You've got the six game road trip or three games in four nights, I believe. And you've got a six game road trip and um, you're spending a little time in new Orleans. So we all know how that can be. Uh, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's, one of those games where if you had to circle one on the calendar that, that is probably going to be a clunker, that would have been the one. But the reason I don't burn the tape as as you put it is because you're, you're looking at a lot of people who've come in and uh, are contributing at a, at a, at a level to pick up some of, to, to show that there's some quality depth on this team mm-hmm. uh, to show that they can be ready when their number is called upon. Um, and then also uh, <laughs> let's face it, like, that's a team that went up against some size again and and they did really well going up against size and against OKC at home. And then here again, that following game against the Cavaliers with those fast physical teams that can kind of push you around a little bit, those long teams. And uh, last night, some of the bigger team, you you look at a guy like Zion Williamson and Jonas Valanciunas. And I mean, you got Cody Zeller just looking like the second coming for a moment there. It was crazy. Uh, But yeah, I think there's some physicality that certainly showed up on the tape that would be a little concerning. Yeah. Sean, the big, big thing coming out of yesterday as well was the injuries both before the game. And then as the game uh, happened, Chris Duarte out uh, in the middle of that game, Keegan Murray gets out at the end of the game. Keon Ellis was ruled out right before the game. Uh, Sasha also didn't play. You have Kevin Herter, who was questionable, didn't play on fr- on Sunday, and then played yesterday. Uh, and then Trey Lyles as well, who has been kind of a, a mystery with his injury. Uh, first things first, have you do you have any updates on any of those guys? Have you heard anything uh, about their status or, or about how they're feeling today? Uh, and second, just a big storyline of last year was the Kings not dealing with injury. What do you want to see from this team dealing with it, so many injuries early in this year yeah it was a popular narrative last year that this team was was healthy i, I think people um i've said it you know a lot over the past uh, summer and into these early weeks of the season i think a lot of people misconstrue you know uh healthy and term and and, right. and availability uh because this team you know they'll push back on you man they, they played mm-hmm. through a lot of injuries and i think it's a lot of the stuff that they're experiencing now are certainly some things that will keep you out. And and if, you know, if the season looked a little different, things might be, some guys might be going uh, depending upon who those players are, but there's some, there's some, you know, 
cautiousness that's, that's going into this, you know, some some thought that's going into this and make sure your your guys are ready for this long haul that is an 82, possibly 83 game and beyond uh, a, a regular season schedule. So um, that is to say, though, that they are experiencing some some tough nicks and bumps here along the way. Uh, if anybody follows Trey Lyles on Instagram, by the way, yeah. uh, he put a nice little Wolf of Wall Street thing together, which uh, – would I mean we all figured he would be ramping up his activity um I don't know that there's much mystery there I think he's hoping to make his debut on this trip and he was able to go through a five-on-five workout last night uh before the game and so I think that's trending well possibility of seeing him in the next game or two um if he's putting that out today I would imagine he's going to make his debut tomorrow talking to Sean Cunningham sports reporter for Fox 40 KTXL and Sean it's been a well I know you saw the whole Lou Williams thing but I'm not even going to oh, get yeah. in to all that <laughs> specifically with trades we hear so much about the trade talk from the national media because that's what they love to talk about somebody like you what is your interest level or thought process as far as a trade or are you more of the mindset to have the Kings just go through this season with the team, with the current chemistry, and go from there? Yeah, I mean, I'm all for this team making a trade, for sure. Um, okay. it, I, I think sometimes people will throw out, you know, trade, and, and then, you know, what are you giving up, what's coming back? So it, it's always dependent upon that. There's always no, there's obviously no analytic for chemistry, so you're always worried about, you know, disrupting the good vibes that are going on right now that, that have, you know, voted well for this team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's areas of need, to be sure. And so you see a lot of the usual suspects that are, you know, out there in the, in the trade wins, like the Pascal Siakam, OG Ananobi, Zach Levine kind of getting his name thrown around as Chicago looks to likely get rid of him at some point. But I think a lot of things that you're seeing early on in November tend to change quite a bit uh, a month later. And as you draw nearer to the, uh, to that trade deadline is when things might ramp up a bit. Um, But for all intents and purposes, what this team looks like now and what the team looks like, come January, February could be vastly different. So um, it things change very, very quickly in the NBA. So while they might be open to it and they'll explore, I mean, that's the one thing about this front office. They will uncover, they will lift up any stone. They will put their name attached to anything to see the optionality that is out there for their team and to be able to get better. Um, they make no, no secrets about that and they'll attach themselves to anything. And I think sometimes as a result of such an aggressive um front office you will get attached to a lot of things that sometimes don't even make sense so um that's a good thing because it doesn't it take two two, it takes two to tango tango in this league but you can add another two teams to a certain deal to make something happen as you saw even really uh recently recently with Petrushev coming over from uh the Clippers so uh it'll be interesting to see what they do I think they could use another top flight player on this team and uh I'm 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 almost expecting it really coming into the trade deadline when uh, we get through the calendar into uh, 2024. Interesting. So just to kind of build on that, if if just from, from your perspective, you think the Kings would be better off adding via trade for more of a, a big splash move, like a not necessarily specifics, but Levine or OG or Pascal instead of uh, on the margins with, you know, maybe an Alex Caruso or, you know, a Dorian Finney-Smith or something, you, you feel like the big splash is probably the better move for this team? I mean, I mean, you always want, you always, excuse me, you always want to go for the big splash. But I, what I would say is, I mean, it could be even names that are not even out there. You know, sure. I don't see how Zach Levine necessarily really helps this team at, at yeah. current, in the way they're kind of constituted. But 
uh, I think some of the, the glaring areas of need, physicality, defense, um, right. you know, to me, really depending upon, I mean, you have some depth on this team that, that can go elsewhere. You have very tradable contracts on this team and, and obviously you have areas of need. So um, if you have a star level player, that's going to be available or a play, like a Pascal Siakam, who obviously is, is an unrestricted free agent. What would the asking price be for somebody like him or even an OG Ananobi who has a little bit more uncertainty stepping into an off season um, in terms of being a restricted free agent and what possibilities exist. Uh, but certainly a top tier defender, Alex Crusoe, a top tier defender, a second team, all NBA uh, defensive team could be very, very interesting to add some depth. So um, yeah, I mean, those are names that are out there, but I think even more so, you know, the names you're not hearing is always sometimes the more fascinating ones out there and you're going to attach your names to it and see what you can do. Sean Cunningham, sports reporter, Fox 40 KTXL. Sean, thank you for joining us. We're asking everybody. So before we let you go, we got two questions for you. Thanksgiving around the corner. Are you in or out on Turkey and give us your number one side dish? Oh man. Absolutely. I love Turkey. Thank you. All parts of Turkey. We're doing white meat, dark meat, all well, of it? what do you mean all parts of the turkey? <laughs> yes. Like let's look, the, Peterman was very specific. So, yeah, he, said he said legs, he's doing yes. dark meat. Yeah, I mean I I would say for the majority parts of let's okay, let's put it this way. You're mm. you're walking up to that bird knife yeah. in hand and maybe it's already carved. Yeah. You're picking around for some stuff that looks a little bit more appealing than others. Right. Sure. And yeah, I'm diving into that bird. Absolutely. And right. for the side, mm-hmm. uh for the side, I'm absolutely going mac and cheese. I Thank mean, you. Yeah. That's a what man, a I'm just what a, a man of class. That's what we're talking about on this show. Sean, thank you so much and enjoy the holiday. And we'll talk to you soon being a friend of the show. Thank you, my guy. Anytime, guys. Have a great holiday. Thanks, Sean. Have Thanks a good one. You too. Sean Cunningham, sports reporter, Fox 40, KTXL. Got to get to a break. When we get back, we are continuing to talk Kings, a little bit of Niners as well. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Thank you to Sean Cunningham, sports reporter for Fox 40. Sean is a really nice guy. I met him at, I think, the first home game yeah. for the Kings. And, you know, being the – I don't even know if I'm still the new guy. I'm, I'm, I'm You're definitely still the new okay. guy. Okay. All right. <laughs> but be the new Sorry. guy. Yeah, I was – okay. Uh, someone was going to show up in the yeah, next I'm, like uh, the past I'm week. I'm not as new, all right? I'm not as new. But, okay. Sean, very nice when we met each other at the – at the game, so shout out to Sean and thank yeah. you for coming on. Sean's and, the best and providing a lot of good information. Sensible too, very sensible. Yes, unlike me, Unli- <laughs> uh, very unlike me. I was going to say, I, us. I hope one day to be like Sean. That's Cunningham. right, that's right. We are all that's striving as we take you up to two p.m. And you know, just not too long ago, we were talking about De'Aaron Fox, the I reigning. The yeah. reigning Western Conference defending. player of the week. The defending. We need to get uh, one of the buffer. What, is it Michael Buffer, I think, does the yeah. UFC? We yeah. need to get him. We got to get, get his get voice. It. The reigning. Right. Defending. That's right. NBA player of the week. That's, <laughs> it still works. Western Conference player of the week. It still works. And, you know, he comes out yesterday, last night, and it's not a great game. De'Aaron Fox. This is what happens now. You are now under a microscope. Yep. If we are going to have these MVP conversations, yep. it's not the same as the NFL because there's so many more games, right. but you are only allowed a certain amount of stinkers if you want to stay in this conversation. Mm-hmm. So De'Aaron Fox last night, we know, second 
Second half of a back-to-back, mm-hmm. really not even that long ago. We came back from ankle injury. De'Aaron Fox, 29 minutes, 5 of 18 for field goals, 2 of 12, which really grinded Chris's gears from three-point land, yeah. 2 of 4 from the free-throw line. Ugh. He was a minus 32, and Oof. he scored 14 points. And, hey, you know, I mean. It happens. This, it, happens. it happens. It happens. But, again, we're talking about Once. the MVP conversation and you're going to be under a microscope if you want to stay in that conversation so we have another MVP name MVP hopeful and Jason Tatum who had some things to say this is back in July and he wanted to talk he wasn't even talking about MVP he was just talking about showing up every single day for kids that might, might not be able to see him all the time and just the the level of professionalism that we've seen in Jason Tatum and he is I would say one of the front runners off the top to be an MVP this is him right here man I don't decide shit we playing it's hardest tonight I'm a chip I only get to go to Charlotte two times a year somebody paid their money to come watch me play like not trying to be arrogant like like it's a bunch of kids in there my shoes and my jersey and just because we playing Charlotte on NBA League pass on a Monday, then ain't nobody f-ing watching. I, nah, I'm chilling tonight. That's not what the, the, the great players, the best players do. So the way y'all compete in the middle, I love this. Competing, talking, blocking shots, hard fouls, but still being safe. See, that's basketball. But then you can't go on the side that's like, ah, right, we ain't playing them. They still watching. They still evaluating. They didn't come to see me play. Paolo or Brad, they know what we can do. So just keep that in mind, like, ranked player, not big game, not big game, like, compete, play basketball, because don't take the for granted. There you go. There you go, Jason Tatum. Don't did, take it for granted. And what did he do yesterday on a Monday in Charlotte mm-hmm. on League Pass, not on ESPN, nothing, mm-hmm. none of that? 45, 13. Yeah. Went crazy. Competed. Lost in overtime. Hey, now, competed. What, what a concept. <laughs> Are you not? Just, are you not throwing a shot? Are no, you? Not, not, no, 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 no. That was just fun. That was just for fun. But I mean, I think Tatum's point, and you know, he he lived to it. I mm-hmm. I just think that when we are talking about De'Aaron, I'm not saying De'Aaron doesn't live by that. And I'm not saying De'Aaron's took last night off or anything like that. I just think um, that's that's what makes being an MVP. That's what makes being a superstar. Which I think De'Aaron's at star. But if we're gonna elevate levels to superstar, mm-hmm. that's where it's different. That's where it's it's exhausting to be a superstar because you're the focal point of everyone's defensive game plan every single night. And yet you have to overcome that. You have to show up for your team every single night and you got to produce. You have to put up 20 plus points every single night and you have to have impact on on the game in some capacity every single night. And that's what it takes to be a superstar. And I'm not saying De'Aaron can't do that. I'm not saying De'Aaron hasn't done that. He really has done it throughout this year with the exception of yesterday. But I, I just I, – when I heard that sound yesterday, my first thought wasn't even specifically about De'Aaron, but just in general, Jason Tatum's a young guy who's who's coming up and also trying to make a similar leap uh, to, you know, maybe from superstar to, like, best player in the NBA. Right. But it's, it's still the same thing of you have to show up every single night, and that's what makes it so hard to be in that MVP discussion. He has – I think people are very 
confused about what to do with Jason Tatum because mm-hmm. he's been really good for a really long time. He was been in the league for a very long time, but he and it's not that he has hit his ceiling, but it feels like he has because every year they're in the mix. They've gone to right. the finals once, you go to the Eastern Conference Finals, and they haven't been able to get it done. And in this stage in his career, I'm going to throw your boy Luca in this category as well because I think that in this stage in his career, Jason Tatum, based mm-hmm. on what he was at 22, 23 right. years old, you would thought you would have thought that he would have some hardware by now mm-hmm. and or a championship or both, right? With that organization right. of the Boston Celtics. And he has neither. So I think he is I don't I wouldn't say feeling the heat. He's still a young guy, but I do think he's hey, this is Absolutely. about this time. Yeah. We got Perzingis, we're rolling, got Drew to go along with Jalen Brown. This is about that time where we have to make that we have to make that leap. Yeah. And I'm still that guy. Just I got the the odds for you here. This is from today, as of today, or sorry, yesterday, November 20th, the odds, Nikola Jokic at one, sure. Luka at two, mm. Joel Embiid at three, Jason Tatum at four, Giannis at five, Steph at six, Booker at seven, Shea at eight. Interesting. So That's as of yesterday, too. Wow. I'm, surpri- I'm actually pretty surprised De'Aaron's not like later on that list for sure, but I would. It only went to seven. Sure, it only went to seven. Yeah. And I mean, at that point, you're not winning MVP. No, you know? yeah. no, you yeah. gotta you gotta keep climbing, yeah. and you know, I think that dare I say, is it crazy to say? And I'm just thinking off the top of my head here. Is it crazy to say? Obviously, not based on where they got picked in the draft, but mm-hmm. the NFL is different than the NBA anyway. But De'Aaron is dealing with the small market thing. Is it crazy to say that Brock and De'Aaron are dealing with similar situations? Now, not, I guess similar situations in terms of just how they're viewed compared to others. Now, Brock has the super team that sure. De'Aaron doesn't have, sure. but both putting up monster numbers, and there are comparisons and excuses that get used for them versus others, right? Yeah. Halliburton's balling out. And people care about yeah. Halliburton, don't care as much about De'Aaron Fox. You see what I'm saying? It's not yeah. apples to I oranges. It's I, like apples to pears. I would, yeah, I would say the similarity lies in the fact that there's just guys that are always going to get brought up before them. Yes. Like Shea, is, yes. Shea seems like he's, I don't want to say he's leapfrogged De'Aaron, but mm-hmm. it just feels like when it comes to MVP, Shea's going to get up. If you're going to bring up De'Aaron, someone's always going to bring up Shea. Right. Or someone's always going to bring up Ja. Or mm-hmm. someone's always going to bring up. Steph or something, you know, there's always somebody to counter off why it shouldn't be De'Aaron at the forefront of the conversation. Much like with Brock Purdy, it's like, sure, Brock is doing great, but there's also player X. Or if you're going to say Brock's playing great, why can't, why wouldn't you give the same praise to Tua or something Mm -hmm. like that? There's always somebody who's in the way of him getting the shine, it feels like. Saying that, the dude just won MB, M- Western Conference. Yeah, and I week, think, but. and I'm looking here, now I'm on DraftKings, which I think this is more of this. They're literally saying we're a month into the season. So now I'm seeing an updated version, and now it has Jokic, Embiid, Giannis, Steph, so that Steph at number four, mm-hmm. Booker at five, Donovan Mitchell at six, and De'Aaron Fox at seven. Interesting. Yeah, so that – yeah, that feels better. That feels better. Yeah, yeah, it, because it feels like De'Aaron is in that class of now. Of course, Steph has got the longevity; he's got the the cachet behind mm-hmm. him. But it does feel like De'Aaron does belong in that category at this moment of 
okay, this guy, his team is clearly hyper reliant on this guy. And when he, when this guy is performing well, his team is to the top quality in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like that's what the Donovan Mitchell, that's where Steph is at right now. And it feels like De'Aaron should be lumped in with that group. So yeah, I mean that, that makes a lot more sense to me, but I, I, I think in order for De'Aaron to kind of cement himself into that MVP conversation, it's going to be tough because that could be where, much like Brock, other people get in his way. Where so, oh, but he has another All Star in Sabonis, and yeah. he's got Malik Monk, he's got Kevin Herter. Steph's doing this all by himself. He doesn't have the he doesn't have anybody who's scoring over twenty. Don't get me started. So in that sense too, I would say that's where the the Brock and De'Aaron similarities might lie as well. Where yes. De'Aaron does have a good support system around him that does elevate what he does. I think the difference is. Maybe and it could just be as simple as sports allow the the different sports allow it to be different. But De'Aaron's just able to sh- like individually shine a little bit more than what Brock is able to do with his situation. Yes, like you can everybody can still be doing great around De'Aaron, mm-hmm. but De'Aaron's individual performance will still shine above all everything else, and it'll just be oh my gosh, the team is doing great. But look at De'Aaron, where it feels like we can't get out of this cycle of. The 49ers are playing great. Brock's playing great. But Brock is only playing great because he has these other things. Yeah, and if Brock... De'Aaron's additive, uh, Brock is, well, circumstantial. Yes, and De'Aaron, we saw the Kings without De'Aaron, right? They got it together towards the end, but it didn't look great. If Brock rushed in a touchdown, somebody would say, well, did you see that block by Trent Williams, right? (laughs) And you wouldn't even necessarily be wrong, but you just can't get out of it with Brock. Brock does have – I hate the fact that I'm about to quote Jake Paul, but Jake Paul does have a great quote that says, uh, if I walked on water, people would say it's because I can't swim. Right, And it does feel like Brock has a little bit of that as well. See, please tell me somebody else made that quote because I don't want to attribute it it to Jake Paul. Wasn't it Kirk Cousins on the the Netflix show? God, those are two terrible quotes. I'm pretty sure it was Kirk Cousins on the Netflix QB show. He quoted like – Margaret, Margaret Thatcher or something like that. I'm pretty sure. I'm going to check. I'm going to check. All right, got to get to a break. We will talk about a different MVP ladder and whether you care about it or not. That's right. It comes back tonight, the in-season tournament. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports, taking up to 2 p.m. One more segment with you until crosstalk with the Drive guys, and, you know, we were talking about MVPs, and there is another MVP ladder. Quickly, I did want to go over our dogs. I guess there were zero dogs last night. Yeah, No dogs. You can play dogs. the cat sound now. Yeah. <laughs> you can play the cat sound now, so yeah, no right. dogs. Right. I mean, who did, who did, who did you, you had Davion, she Simone. Had Davion. Yeah. I had right. Sabonis. You which, had Sabonis. That definitely didn't hurt. And I went with Malik Monk, and it just the bunkyard dog. Yeah, that was not that was not it. As we move forward, and they're gonna get it. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna get it back. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Talking more about Kings Pelicans as we get through. Hey, Sabonis got a double double yesterday. He's he will walk up with a double. He will yeah. wake up with a double double. <laughs> That's just what he does. Just, you know. Yeah. NBA.com's in-season tournament MVP ladder. Are you are you interested? Um, I mean, yes, I'm interested in what the ladder is. Uh, but in general, I wouldn't say that I've like this is something that's been on my radar. Really, mm-hmm. it feels like the MVP 
for the in-season tournament will probably end up being decided in the knockout rounds, if I had to guess. Like, yeah. you would probably have to ex- – like, it, it'd be weird for the MVP to not be on one of the two final teams, if that makes sense. Right, right. So these ladders are fun. The NBA is doing everything they can to push and push and push this tournament. And, you know, I think – How would you say it's gone so far? I would say, like, it's been slightly more successful than what I anticipated. I would say so, too. I, Just a little bit, though. I But it's not making me – if you're watching League Pass mm. and you have on – besides just the courts pulling your eyes in, right. I don't find myself paying more attention to those games. You know, you get the four squares yeah. going on the four games. I don't really find myself paying attention to those games more. It's still about the matchups. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of where I'm at too. Where you it's know. like if it if it's a good game, I was always going to watch anyway. But it does help a little bit more to kind of yes. remember, like, oh yeah, this this does matter like a little bit more than right. what your typical thing is. And I do think it has been cool. Random, random, like tidbit from this is the fact that the point differential matters. I've liked how at the end of games, we saw it at the end of the Kings Spurs game, like. You don't want to give up a basket. Uh, and on the, the other end, part. you want to score yeah. like as the buzzer's going off. Like yeah. I've actually really randomly, it's like it's been really exciting to watch the last minute of these games. Right, because you have an excuse to get yours. Yeah, exactly. Because those yeah. points still <laughs> count right. for your actually, you know, so I'm, I haven't thought of it that way, but that's gonna so be true. a fight between right. guys. Like, no, let me let me yeah. no, let me dribble it. Let me, <laughs> I'll just dribble it out. No, 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 I'm good. Yeah. And Normally you, it's like hot potato to see right. who gets the turnover. the turnover. Now everyone's like, give me the ball. Yeah, yeah. And if you didn't you do have to be reminded of it because with Kevin Herter, yeah. when the, the other day, yeah. playing the Spurs, <laughs> like, oh man, they really they're really out here oh it's yeah. it's the tournament so <laughs> exactly. i think and i think they should just try kill the to narrative adopt it. of just of, do it you know, all the time yeah that's what i'm saying kill that narrative of oh it's bad sportsmanship to score at the right. buzzer nah let it fly no it. what was it was i want to say it was a couple years ago i i want to say it was kansas state against duke or some top team mm-hmm. and they had lost the game and the dude stole the ball oh yeah and he dunked and then he was flexing on people <laughs> yes, that, i'm into all that yeah give me more down by 12 yeah. just give me all that why not <laughs> you know the this, this sportsmanship thing i get it but why not why not, why not? you guys are getting They're pros paid. that's no. what i'm saying like you're getting paid on incentives yeah if i'm a if i'm a couple points away that's what i'm saying and i gotta either look like a bad guy or get this paper yeah it's going up yeah it is going up and i'm not thinking i've got no problem twice about it so nba.com's in-season tournament mvp ladder right now Nikola Jokic, only five. Ooh, mm-hmm. okay. Everybody's favorite voice changer, Carl Anthony Towns, <laughs> at number four after all that. Oh, boy. Number three, LeBron James. Okay. Uh-huh. Number two, Domas Sabonis. Interesting. And as funny as this is with all the conversations we've been having, number one, Tyrese Halliburton. Wow. That's super interesting. Do they have their stats specific? Because that's kind of the weird thing about – doing the in-season awards is like you're going to have to specifically parcel through Tuesday right. and Friday games right. Right. to get their stats on those specific nights instead of just like, oh, yeah, the last three games or something. No, I don't have that because it was That's just from a tweet. Not but your fault. Yeah. I, look, Sabonis, you get this hardware. My question is – what, what games? You, sorry, what games has that included so far? So for the Kings in-season tournament Spurs. games, Spurs, 
OKC, mm-hmm. and that's it, right? That that's all they've had I think so far because they, yeah, they have Thunder, uh, Timberwolves and in in Warriors next. So mm-hmm. in that OKC game. And Spurs, okay, yeah, Sabonis has gone absolutely nuclear in both of those games. So that makes sense. Sorry. I was just trying to figure out what Sabonis' numbers are. Yeah, I love it. I love it, and I'm always going to love a good tournament. And I think a lot of people – I think once you get to the knockouts, I think a lot of people that were maybe against it for whatever reason there may be, I think a lot of people will be tuning in because everybody likes urgency. And that's ultimately a – a a short version of why this all happened. Yep. The NBA needed to create more urgency throughout the regular season, if only for a couple months. Yep. Because, hey, okay, cool. Now that'll flip us over to January, February, where people start paying more Trade attention. Trade deadline anyway. starts to hit as well. Exactly. And, so know, All-star. It, it's well done. Like we said, Adam Silver, they're playing chess, not checkers. Yeah. You got Draymond coming back to town. I mean, the way that that all worked out. When when the Kings play the the Warriors next week, it it is just being done perfectly. I can't I can't complain yeah. about it. I but, think it's only going to get better too. I mean, the no, last two yeah. days are Friday and Tuesday. I think to your mm-hmm. point, like I think that's when it's really going to heat up. When yeah. it's oh my gosh, the Kings have to win this one in order mm-hmm. to stay in the race or whatever. The the Pelicans have to win this one if mm-hmm. they want to still be in wild card chase. Like I, I think that's when people will really start to pay attention. It's a little tough. It's still the first year. We don't right. have a full grasp of how this thing goes or how it feels or the importance of it. Uh, I think once Friday and Tuesday hit and the eliminations start to kind of get into play, I think that's when everybody as a collective will kind of focus focus up more on in-season tournament-specific things. I'm trying to think here because I know that – I. The, there's so many different jerseys, but there are not specific in-season tournament jerseys right now. Are there? There technically is. They're wearing like the these jerseys right here, the city edition. Okay, so the city edition gets worn mm-hmm. every tournament game. I believe so. Yeah. Okay, because people will. I already saw people with those jerseys. Mm-hmm. What I'm thinking about though, as far as buying the swag, right? Mm-hmm. Warriors win or whoever wins the the championship, the Nuggets, and you get the championship finals gear. Right. I do think that line is, I don't know, because people love swag. People love buying stuff. I'm really struggling to figure out, do people just like, do people just like bragging about anything? I guess what I'm saying is, your team wins the in-season tournament. Yeah. Are you buying in-season tournament champion swag? Everybody's going to say no now. Uh-huh. But if it's the Kings yeah. or somebody that hasn't won right. a lot in, 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 in recent memory, I think people are buying that swag. I think anybody is. I think, you know, the fact that it's the inaugural, inaugural one, like mm-hmm. you're the first champion to ever be a champion of yeah. the in-season tournament. Like, I think that's definitely got its own novel value. And, I mean, I personally would. I'd at least get a hat. I might yeah. not, you know, buy the official, the pack. you know, whatever, sports authority yeah, gear no, you or whatever. The jersey but, with the hat. Exactly. And you then your know undershirt. And then, you know, it's it's time-stamped. You can officially say, I'm not a bandwagon fan. I've I've been on this, you know, so especially if you're a Kings fan. But And you know what they'll probably do if you have your own shoe is eventually, probably not this season because not enough time hey this guy wore this shoe during the championship game hate that why i don't know i thought you were gonna i thought you were leaning more towards specific in-season tournament shoes no 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 just hey the jerseys are already the jerseys but it might be a shoe that you know is a special edition type 
sure. deal. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, if Steph makes the finals or something, he'll yeah. have the Curry tournament ones or something Right, like right, that. exactly. Yeah. Or De'Aaron Fox now. And Could that be. Well, I'll Could tell be. you what. The worst thing about the loss last night for me is I've been riding for De'Aaron to take more threes, and I know his percentage took a – a hit Nasty dude. last night. We got Nasty we'll get that number when we get back. Cross up with the drive guys, Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. No cross talk today. We are rocking with you until 2 p.m. And then Katie and our guy Draper will have you. Hey, got the broadcast crew. The today. broadcast crew. So that will be fun. Be sure to tune in to them after you are done with Styles and Watkins and you know we've done a decent amount of a decent amount of football today along with the Kings and Tom Brady Bay Area guy Tom <laughs> Brady is, huh? <laughs> wanted to be a part of the conversation because everybody's part of the conversation and Tom Brady not a fan of where the NFL currently is here he is talking about it I think there's a lot of mediocrity in today's NFL. I don't see the excellence that I saw in the past. Why not? And ho- Why not? I think the coaching isn't as, as good as it was. I don't think the development of young players is as good as it was. The rules have allowed a lot of bad habits to get into the actual performance of the game. Mm-hmm. So I just think the product, in my opinion, is less than what it's been. I think I look at a lot of players like Ray Lewis and Rodney Harrison and Ronnie Lott. And guys that impacted the game in, in a certain way. And every hit they would have made would have been a penalty. Mm. You hear coaches complaining about their own player being tackled and not necessarily, why don't they talk to their player about how to protect themselves? We used to work on the fundamentals of those things all the time. Now they're trying to be regulated all the time. Offensive players need to protect themselves. It's not up to the defensive player to protect the offensive player. A defensive player needs to protect themselves. I didn't throw the ball to certain areas because I was afraid players were going to get knocked out. Mm-hmm. That's the reality. Wow. I didn't throw it to the middle when I played Ray Lewis because you knock him out of the game, and I couldn't afford to lose a good player. Mm. So, well, I, we can say Tom Brady's officially not coming back to football. He's officially retired because he sounds like every old head football player I've ever heard in my life. Yes. He and sounds like basketball player. Oscar Robertson. Yeah, he sounds yeah. like throw your favorite, you know, Pete, whatever. I was going to say Pete Maravich, but he, he's no longer with us. But uh, throw whoever you yes. want to. Yeah. That is, uh, that's exactly what Tom Brady sounded like. Mm-hmm. So uh, nice to know that he is officially retired. Great to see. I hope you enjoy your retirement, Tom. But uh, I, I don't even know if I really agree with – I mean, Tom Brady would definitely know better than I, for sure. I mean, he's somebody who's mm-hmm. obviously spent a good amount of time playing football and, yes. and did it at a really high level. So – who am I to say? But I feel like talent-wise, th- there's not been this much ta- – I guess he's talking about the NFL in total, but I'm more thinking from the quarterback position. I feel like there are people with tools, more players, more quarterbacks with tools than there have ever been before. And maybe speaking to Brady's point, if I am going to agree with anything he said, maybe the coaching has let down that talent some throughout the years. Because, I mean, at least when I was coming up in football, a lot of the time, it's not really taught the the exact specific, especially at the quarterback position. Sometimes it's just who's our best athlete, and that's going to be our quarterback. And, you know, a lot of the time it's not about – you know, the fundamentals of the game and all that stuff. And it's the same conversation is had about basketball as well, especially here in America. But I, I, I feel like from a talent perspective, the league has clearly never been better. I, and now maybe again, that's speaking to Tom Brady's point of the actual level of skill mm-hmm. isn't to what it used to be. 
But I think it's because there's so many great athletes that the game now is more just relying on your athleticism. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling here because I agree with some of the things that Tom Brady is saying, too. but it does sound a lot like get off my lawn. Definitely. And of course, you want to be a part of a great product. So with Tom, but I believe Tom has been saying stuff like this. I don't know if he's sure. saying it while he was still playing, yeah. but he definitely been saying it as soon as he hung him up. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the piece about a defensive player, it's not their responsibility to protect an offensive player. That's a conversation that's going to continue to go back and forth because I don't think he's necessarily wrong. I don't think so. Because you can hurt yourself in trying to protect somebody else, and we've seen that happen as well. And the NFL is always going to be king. I don't don't see that changing. People want to say, well, in 30 years, are they going to still – my guess is yes, right? I don't think it's ever going to actually be flag football, even though it's going to be in the Olympics very (laughs) soon here. I just don't see that happening, but – the NFL does have to make a decision, and ultimately, I want to be careful because when we talk about this and and our job is to talk about certain sports, I do find it a little funny when national markets and national media mm-hmm. will go on their shows and denigrate the NFL for this, that, the third, but you get paid to talk about the NFL and in, and the place that you work has a deal with the NFL. So I don't really understand that. So I'm not going to go down that path right now. If I stand for, if I feel for something, I will stand for it. But when it comes to this whole player safety thing, it's just, it's just funny to me for you to, well, the NFL needs this, this, and then you're watching every Sunday, Mm -hmm. right? So that is what I struggle with in terms of, oh, in terms of, oh, we need to protect, uh, you have to protect, the number one thing is protect yourself, protect your mental, protect yes. your chickens, right? Then, so you're telling me, okay, in in the as fast as the game is as football, you got to make sure you don't hit them here, make sure you don't do this, and don't hurt yourself. That's that's what I While trying to with. remember your assignments. While trying to remember your assignments <laughs> yeah. and 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 execute to the best of your yeah. ability. Got to get to a break or got to oh. get to the last break as we are done for the day going to the drive guys with Katie in for Whitey and Kyle Draper as well. Thank you for listening to Styles and Watkins. We got you. Big show tomorrow. Fun show tomorrow. We have Chase Sr. We have a Kings roundtable. We got it all. And we are opening the phone lines to talk Thanksgiving meals. We will end the turkey debate and the cranberry sauce debate. That's all tomorrow. Thanks for listening. Styles and Watkins, Sacktown Sports. You name it.